Welcome to the Build a Life After Loss podcast, uplifting support for your grief and healing journey. We're here to encourage your hope in the future and strengthen your confidence so that you can build a life of purpose and joy. I'm your host, Julie Clough. Hello, my friends. Welcome to episode 85, The Truth About Problems. I <laughs> I wore heels today. I'm laughing because I can't remember the last time I wore heels, but I went to the TV studio today for a, an interview and they taped an interview and it's supposed to, it's an episode that they're doing at the station about mental health and healing and loss and so forth. I, I'm not quite sure how it's going to turn out, but I guess I'm the introductory interview and then they're going to have some other people on. And so we'll see, but yeah, I put on heels today to go to the TV station. And in other news, we bought a house this week since I think the last time I recorded an episode, we were in the process and things were looking pretty iffy because it was a very rushed thing, but not on our part that the sellers needed to sell it right away. And so we had very limited time to get the financing in order and so forth, but we bought a house and we're super excited about it. And as I keep reminding you guys, I do have a new book coming out in July and you can go to the website and read the first chapter. And I would encourage you to do that because this week I met with a developmental editor. I don't know if that's the proper word, but someone who goes through and kind of shows you where you can make changes and improvements So I'm going to be making some changes to that first chapter. So if you haven't read it already, you can read the first version before I I post the second version, which I'll be editing soon and getting that all in order so that the, the publisher can have that copy to bring to press. So that's going to happen right away here. And I'm getting excited about that. We're getting ready for the June and build a life after loss of virtual workshop. And this is where we get to apply everything that we talk about on the podcast and we dive deeper and we, uh, we, it's interactive and it's, it's a workshop. So there'll be some handout and information. And anyway, this is an opportunity to get your questions a- answered and really learn about what really dive into what we've been learning and you can, you know, if there's something that I mentioned on the podcast that you're like, I'm not sure about that, you know, you can go there and ask questions, but there's a discount code. And honestly, you guys, I wasn't good about getting this out to everyone. So we're extending the discount code because this is normally $27, which is way worth the $27. It's a two hour workshop. We're going to do it on January 2nd, which is next Tuesday evening. By the time you're listening to this, and that discount code will get you in for $5. So if you haven't already gotten a ticket for that, I would encourage you to pause the episode right now and go get your ticket. So you go to bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y backslash B-L-A-L capital J-U-N-E. That's B-L-A-L June with a capital J. And the and it is case sensitive. So you do have to type it in that way and then put in the discount code special zero two, and that will get you a ticket for $5, only $5. You can't beat that. So I hope you'll join us. It's really fun to do these every month. 
Okay, so let's talk about problems. Isn't that a fun topic? <laughs> the problem, the problem with problems is that we have a problem with problems. <laughs> I'm talking in a circle, but we long for a life with no problems. We, lo- we long for that and it just doesn't exist. And that's the problem with problems is because it's the way we think about them. If we want so badly not to have problems and we continue to have problems, then that just creates more problems. I realized this when I was talking to a client the other day and she mentioned something along the lines of, I just keep having problems. I can't get through one before the next one hits. And I realized that she thought that when, when she was able to, when she was able to, to create the life that she wanted, that that meant that there would be no problems. And we, it just isn't possible. We can't, it's not even possible to have a life without problems. We all will face challenges along the way. And the problems, sometimes they're big, sometimes they're small, but the problems come in different shapes and sizes, but they continue to come. And as we learn and develop, the problems that we thought were problems five years ago, as they crop up again, we're like, oh, this is no big deal. I've faced this before and I can get through it. But then new things crop up that we're not familiar with. And then we, we kind of spin on it, don't we? But the reason that there always be problems, the reasons that we're never going to be, we're never going to be through with problems. I know this is bad news, isn't it guys? Sorry about that. But but there's uh, several reasons, but these are the top three that, that I thought of. And one is that people around us are going to make decisions that affect us and not always in a positive way. So the people around us create situations that can then become problems for us. Or we're going to make mistakes, again, big or small, we are going to make mistakes or we're going to make decisions that we think are going to turn out one way and they turn out a totally different way. And that's just the way it is, isn't it? We, we never know. We always are doing the best we can. Please remind yourself of that. You're always doing the best you can. Even when I'm going along trying to make the very best decisions, then something happens and realize that, oh, maybe that wasn't the best decision, but it was the best decision I could make at the time based on the information that I had, based on what I knew at that moment and taking everything into consideration. So we're not omnipotent. We can't tell exactly what's going to happen in the future or exactly how a decision is going to affect us, but we're always, we're just always learning and growing and trying and attempting to do the right thing. And we are going to make mistakes. But the third reason there will always be problems is that we live in a changing world. And we are so aware of that now, aren't we with the pandemic? Like who could have foreseen? I I don't, I don't know how we could have foreseen such a thing. And I guess there's experts in the world that said, of course, this was going to happen, but at some point, but I'm, I wasn't aware of it. And that is, we're in a changing world. And, and this, this idea of entropy, I don't know if you remember learning that concept in school, but it's one of the few scientific concepts that I remember learning. I remember being fascinated by this idea of entropy. So the definition of entropy is lack of order or predictability 
and gradual decline into disorder. And that gradual decline into disorder is the the concept or the definition that I remember learning in school, in science. And I was just fascinated by this idea that the world is just continuously it's continuously running on this law of entropy that says that we are declining into disorder. Fascinating, isn't it? And really, everything around us is in a gradual decline into disorder. So if you bought a new house this year, it's not going to stay in new condition for the next 50 years. Eventually, the air conditioner is going to break down, the heater will break down, An oven might go out, a refrigerator might go out, cabinets might might get damaged, or shelves might fall. These this is this is an example of the entropy that we live in. We buy a new car and eventually eventually over time the engine wears out, it wears down, and it doesn't run for us as well, or the different parts that comprise a car, which my son could tell you all about, but I can't. (laughs) So how can we approach problems in a way that can help us, in a way that helps us to face life's life's challenges, the the tests of life that we're we're always going to have, these these things that are always going to happen, these things that cannot be predicted. You know, even today I was making a phone call. I was talking to somebody on a discovery call and the, the line, just the call just dropped, just dropped out of the blue. And we had to try to get back on the call. These are the things that happen. Sometimes we go to turn on our computer and the computer doesn't work. In fact, last week I was doing a virtual presentation for a a summit that I was speaking at and About two hours before that presentation, my computer completely crashed. It just, it just, just all of a sudden stopped working altogether and it went into a restart mode. Now, luckily it restarted and it came back up and it worked, but the computer that I'm using right now to record this podcast that I do most of my work on will not last forever. It's part of that entropy in the world that we live in. So what can we do? What can we do to approach these problems? How can we face these problems? These tests that we are faced with, how can we do that? The very first thing is to acknowledge that problems don't go away. This is half the problem with problems. When we expect to never have problems, when we do have problems, it becomes overwhelming. Because the program in our brain is this shouldn't be happening, but it is happening. And that, that thought that it shouldn't be happening blocks us from facing the problem. It blocks us from looking for solutions. It creates that, it creates a block that instead of putting our energy towards what the problem is and how we can solve it and what we need to do, instead we are arguing with the fact that it's happening. So we're putting our energy towards convincing ourselves or whoever else is around us that this problem shouldn't even be happening. If I hurt my ankle, instead of getting the help that I need to for my ankle, if I sit around thinking about how like this shouldn't happen, I, I shouldn't have a hurt ankle, 
I'm expending energy on something that is not helpful at all. So looking at what the facts are, and this is another thing that can really help us as we acknowledge that problems do exist and that we're facing a problem. And then we dissect the problem into facts versus our opinions. And this is, this is a tough challenge because sometimes we look at something that's happening and, and we put things in the fact column that's actually our opinion. And this gets really, really tricky. This is a lot of what I do sometimes when I'm coaching is I help people distinguish the facts from their opinions. For example, if someone said something to you that you deem as unkind, then to the facts are, Katie said XYZ. Those are the facts because she actually said that. But it's our interpretation of the facts that we think are facts. So we say things like she was unkind, she was unfair, she was judgmental, she was, and see how that sounds like facts, but it's not actually facts. The fact is she said XYZ. That's it. Those are the facts. It's not our interpretation. So when we can look at the actual facts and, and separate that out from our opinions about the facts, that really helps us to address the problem. So we acknowledge that problems exist. We break down the problem. We look at the facts versus our opinion. And then we look at what's the next step. Is there, is there something that do we have some control here? Do we have some opportunity to influence the problem, to solve the problem? Is there an opportunity for us to solve it? And so then we look at what's the next step in that process of solving the problem. And then we take that next step. Now, sometimes when we break down the problem, like she said, X, Y, Z, when, when we see that, okay, those are the facts, what's the next step? The next step might be how you want to respond to her comment. And you can either respond in a way that is helpful and solves a problem, or you can respond in a way that creates more of a problem. And that's another part of it is that we don't want to make a mountain out of a molehill. And that's what happens when we, when we intertwine the facts with our opinions. So our brain wants to tell us it's bigger than it is. It wants us to panic so we can get out of harm's way. So because we really don't want to be in harm's way. And, and sometimes our reaction is based on this idea of the straw that broke the camel's back. I don't know if you've ever heard that. Um, here's a couple of, right? You know, don't make a mountain out of a molehill and, and the straw that broke the camel's back. I remember when I was young, I was in a grocery store and I watched this mom get really angry with her son. And I turned to my mom and I said, why is she acting like that? And my mom said, it was probably the straw that broke the camel's back. And I think that was the first time I'd ever heard that phrase. And I thought, what does that mean? It just means that, you know, when we, when we're dealing with especially if you're in, in grief right now and you already your emotions are already on overload and they're already when they're already there 
then it doesn't take much to, to send us over the edge, to cause us to overreact because our emotions are already heightened. And then just the littlest things can cause us to, to react in a way that might not be equal to what has happened. Not making a mountain out of molehill really takes separating out the facts from the opinions. And then we get to choose, once we look at the facts, we get to choose our response. In the moment, this is not easy to do. But as you continue to think about this process, as you continue to practice this idea, it will become easier and easier. Your brain will start to recognize things right away. Your brain will start to, this is what my brain does now, my brain can more quickly recognize the facts from my opinions so that I can choose how I want to respond. When we break down the problem, we can look at it more clearly. And sometimes that's all it takes is to be able to look at things more clearly. If you can draw a picture of it, if you can write about it, if you can talk it through with someone who's not maybe immediately affected by the problem, these things help you to break down the problem. Similar to the boulder of grief, sometimes we look at problems as one big chunk instead of breaking it down and really asking ourselves what's the next step and then taking action. Because that's the first step in facing your problems is remembering problems will always exist and we have better luck when we face them and take action. Well, now I'd like to share with you just a few success stories that I've heard recently from my clients. People ask me all the time. In fact, I did a TV interview this morning that I mentioned. And as I was leaving, the host said to me, do do you find it hard to talk with people all day about their problems and their, and hear their painful stories? And I said, no, it's not really like that because for me, when I, when I hear what's happening for you, I, I have so much hope for your ability to handle what you're facing. Even though it's really hard and sometimes super tragic and just feels really heavy, because I know the steps, it's like we're standing in the wilderness together and you're, you're surrounded and, and don't really know which direction to go. But I do, and I know how to lead people and I know how to guide people out of that wilderness. And so it's just, for me, it's just a matter of taking people step by step through the wilderness to the perimeter where they can see the happiness, the joy, the purpose that lays in ahead of them. But recently I had a couple of clients finishing their three month work with me. And one had experienced a loss a few years ago and we worked through her residual grief and then worked on projects that she wanted to tackle. And I was mentioning to her how often this happens. Like when I'm working with people through their grief and then they really get excited about the projects that, that are ahead, whether that's their business or something else. And 
And I said, this happens all the time. And she said, it's, she said to me, it's because we now have space. We have space in our mind and our heart and our life to really start to look forward again. I had an experience with another client who had a much more recent loss. And when we first started working together, she could hardly breathe. Her grief was so suffocating. And a couple of weeks ago, as we were finishing up, she, she, and she could feel the pressure lifting. She could feel that shift in herself. And she said to me, I used to think we were all the walking wounded and there was nothing we could do about it. And now I know what to do. And that was just beautiful. I just love it when my clients start to see some light at the end of the tunnel and they can start to see how this is helping them and they can, they can feel it in their life. And I just, I love that. And I love to hear their successes. I met a new client recently who shared why she had contacted me. And she said that she had a friend who referred her to the program. And she said, I saw such a difference in her when I hadn't seen her for a while. And then after she started working with you and I saw her again and I saw such a difference and that's what she wanted too. So if you'd like to talk about how the build a life after loss program could help you schedule a discovery call today, let's, let's talk about it. It may or may not be right for you, but it's worth looking into because it is really marvelous to work with people and have them experience this lifting of the heavy, heavy grief that they've been carrying. The link is in the show notes and you can go directly to my calendar and schedule a time to talk. Remember, I believe in you. Bye.